0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to VR Download, our weekly show where we focus on industry trends and the general hardware situations going on in VR and AR. Hamilton here, your host today. I was in here yesterday with Kyle doing like an impromptu Q&A session, but this is our regular show where we get into the latest VR news. I'm joined here by...
1: I'm David Heaney. I'm from Northern Ireland, and recently I've been trying out the Anreal Light AR glasses, which we will talk about in the second half of this show.
0: All right, Heaney, let's get into this first news. All right, Apple's VR AR headset—what do we call it, and what is it going to do? What do we know at this point?
1: What do we call it? That's a—that's an interesting way to start this off. I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm of the opinion that once VR headsets start to get mixed reality capabilities that are really compelling. They will just be called headsets. I, I don't think the acronym will stay on, I think, in the same way. Some people say you've already got headphones that are called headsets today, but I can't see that lasting long if, if virtual reality you, headsets with mixed reality capabilities become popular.
0: Do you think they'll be glasses or goggles? I, I think that's one of the terms like that's at the core of this. Headsets is even a little bit... But do you think Apple's going to get to glasses with this device?
1: Well, no, what we understand from the reports is that Apple is working on two separate head-mounted devices. And the one that is expected to come out next year is very much so a headset. It's a ski goggles kind of design with a strap similar to Quest 2's look, but a lot slimmer. And then separately, they have an AR glasses product, which every time we hear about it, they add an extra year in the report to when it's expected. And I think the latest reports expect it around 2025 but I, th- I think as we're going forward, that's what we will have, these two distinct product categories of headsets that you use in your home and glasses that you use outside of your home. And, and obviously there will be some overlap, but, but I think those are the two distinct categories we're likely to see. I, I am stuck we in joke- the system keyboard again, so I'm just going to just restart <laughs> very quickly here.
0: Yeah, Heaney and I have talked about this for quite a long time. It's a running joke in the VR, AR space that Apple is going to do AR glasses at some point. The obviously... the, the the issue is when are they going to do it apple's very good at picking exactly the right time to enter a market when there's a lot they can bear bring to bear when it comes to the user experience so we're curious are we at that moment where the user experience in ar can really be leaped forward in a significant way or are we going to see that first with vr and could we see them really do some really neat things with uh, robust mixed reality right out the gate?
1: Yeah, that's the reports indicate that this headset, and here is the only visual we have from any kind of reliable source. The, the information has claimed to actually see have seen images of a late-stage prototype. And they aren't allowed to, for legal reasons, I believe, just to take that image so what they decided to do was have their artists sketch what they saw and this is what it looks like you can see that there's this kind of mesh fabric facial interface kind of thing a, a curved visor at the front a power button there and a strap that presumably will be sold in different configurations and colors and it's very similar design to the apple watch but our understanding is that this product will be mainly focused on mixed reality so there's no indication from any of the reports that this is going to have touch-like gaming controllers. The only thing we've heard about Input is that it could be some kind of novel device that goes around your fingers as a ring. Some have codenamed it or nicknamed it a thimble. So the idea is that this will probably be focused on in-home mixed reality. So games that take place within your physical living room or having overlays on your wall, a virtual television and What we've heard recently in the report, and the reason that this is news this week, is that supply chain analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, who is known for having supply chain sources and predicting Apple products years in advance, he has a 76% accuracy rating. He is claiming that this thing will have M1 chip level performance and dual 4K displays. And the M1 is is the chip used in the MacBook Air and in the latest iPad Pros. It's Apple's first kind of PC chip that they've made themselves. And that's a pretty extraordinary claim because to put a chip like that in a product this size while still having a long battery life seems to me to be effectively impossible. So I'm wondering if something's got lost in translation there or if this is going to be a new chip from the future that will be able to provide that level of performance in a headset like this, mm. but if that claim is true, this thing is going to be significantly more powerful than Quest Two.
0: Yeah, and uh, Quest Two being unlikely to be the device that this product is going to compete against—that's that's the elephant in the room here. We we have we have no expectations that whatever comes of this is going to go up head to head against the Quest Two, right? It would be Project Cambria at Meta that this competes against. Right?
1: micro displays are not cheap so that uh, from the start that means that this product if if quo's claims are correct isn't going to be cheap quo himself in the past has claimed that this thing will be priced at least a thousand dollars we heard another report three thousand dollars if you look at the cheapest m1 macbooks if i'm not mistaken or something like eighteen hundred dollars maybe somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars so apple is not known And as you say, it looks like this thing's going to be more of a competitor to the Project Cambria high-end headset that Meta teased at Connect recently than Quest 2. And you've got to wonder how that strategy is going to work in terms of how are they going to build a big enough consumer base to make it attractive for developers to build on this platform if it's only going to be available to a very small amount of people. And, And one of the reports earlier this year, I remember, said the claim that apple's internal expectation is to only sell a few hundred thousand of these things so i wonder if this mm-hmm. will be more of a developer kit than really a consumer product
0: so the, the thing i just want to throw out there uh there, I've, i saw it in our comments already it's like year in year out week in week out people are getting tired of sort of, sort of these endless teases it's been nonstop stop rumors leaks Hence, And to your point, right at the outset of this, the AR glasses, the super slim thing that will actually wear out in the real world on a regular basis, keeps getting pushed out into the future. And from everything we see from our vantage point, it may be that way for a couple of years now, since these types of devices may move the bar forward for those AR glasses to hit, like in order to match this experience. But the thing... I want to mention here is that Apple is hiring people. They are. And and I, and I think it sounds like such a stupid thing to say, like it just, but they are staffing up and some of the most talented, dedicated people to virtual reality and augmented reality. And these technologies fundamentally changing the, the 21st century. They are going and getting hired at Apple and they're working on something. And I just, I want to come back to that. Like even you go back uh, years, I know they've always been working on something, but it feels like I've seen more people hired by Apple in the last couple of years than the years prior. And it seems like they're actually ramping up to finally deliver on something. And I only mention the hiring thing because there's so many people out there that are negative on meta and critical of the fact that meta is in the lead here and i just want to say that there's plenty of people out there who are not taking positions at meta and going to microsoft or apple and trying to staff those competitors up and try to build a competing platform
1: yeah we've seen quite a few of the big names go in recent years as you've said apple has been hiring even some of the people from valve as we've heard rumors that valve is less focused on vr than it was before and potentially Again, these are just rumors, but a pe- potentially Valve was disappointed by the, the Half-Life Alex not really spurring a resurgence in the PC market. Uh, just, just to come back on some of these comments on the M1 chip, it just yeah, that is a good correction from the commenters that the base MacBook Air with the M1 chip is $1,000. So that's the kind of price floor we can expect. And just to respond to this uh, comment here, someone saying the M1 chip has excellent battery life. And, and you're correct, but that's when it's paired... With a battery that is three times larger at minimum than what we see in the Quest Two, the question isn't does the M the question isn't is M one very power efficient. It's is it the right kind of chip to put in a headset that is supposed to be a few hundred grams. You have to remember, Apple has a series of chips that it uses in small portable devices. It's the A series that's in the iPhone, and they're still incredibly powerful chips, and they're more powerful than Qualcomm puts out, but they aren't PC level performance. And the question here is, is Quo claiming that the M1 chip itself will be in this headset? Or is he claiming that a future A-series chip or a a chip that's similar to the A-series chips will be in a headset and somehow match M1's performance? So there's a lot of questions there.
0: And Guy Godin, the developer of Virtual Desktop, apparently a regular viewer of ours. Thank you so much for tuning in to us, Guy. And thank you, everyone who shares the word out about this podcast. But Guy, in in the comments, uh, raising the prospect of Apple maybe not supporting OpenXR. And how significant would that be if Apple lands one way or the other on supporting that standard that basically the rest of the industry does?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting you say basically the rest of the industry. It really is all of the rest of the industry. I I think I can bring up the image here, but I I know in a, a few shows before we've brought up all of the logos of the companies that are OpenXR, and it really is everyone except for Apple. So I guess there's two potential possibilities here. Either Apple wants to keep its normal subtlety and kind of secrecy about its product plans maintained and not want to even reveal that it's interested in a product yet until it's ready to show something so it doesn't even want to participate in open xr at least publicly though that seems fairly unlikely given that if you want to develop content for this thing that's ready by launch you're going to want to be engaging in that open xr standard you're going to want to be helping drive the standard and decide what's going to be in it but it does seem if apple's past behavior is any indication of what it plans to do in mixed reality. It looks like we really may have this, the sea mold situation of an open standard for everything else and a proprietary standard for Apple. Mm. And there's advantages and disadvantages there because yes, it means that developers have to rebuild and tweak their apps and for Apple specifically, but it also means that Apple has the potential to push its own vision of what vr and ar software development could look like that may be better in some ways than what the current de facto standards are and we really need to if you look at ar kit and the developer tools that apple has built they're very modern they're very clean they're very useful for even the most inexperienced developers to build something without having to reinvent the wheel And if Apple can deliver a much better developer experience, even with its own proprietary system, I don't think developers will overall mind.
0: Hmm. I think the open standard is an interesting one to me because that's one layer of potential conflict between the various platforms and added cost potentially for developers to have to develop for two competing systems rather than one system and being able to get all your software on all of these devices. But it's not just, it's not just potentially open XR it's input to where the Apple platform might diverge substantially from the, the existing content that we have. And I i think of all the people out there that have bought into VR headsets these last five years And all the wonderful things we've done with tracked hand controllers, all the amazing top selling VR games are all tracked hand controller games. And we are in this transitional period where uh, a lot of hand tracking games are coming out on Quest even. And I would not be surprised to see hand tracking to be a, a kind of big part of what Apple does. But that's another kind of friction point where, there may be just a completely different audience that these headsets appeal to than the existing one, and honestly, a different set of developers than the existing set of developers who all fell in love with tracked hand controllers as the way they want to interact with virtual content.
1: Yeah, I, I guess if as Meta's aiming towards controller-free hand tracking itself, we'll probably see overlap in the kind of content that's built for potential future meta headsets that might eventually not have controllers and what Apple's doing here. I'm bringing to bring up an image here of what we think is the thimble. This is shown up in a few Apple patent filings and a few of the more reliable reports about what we might see in this headset. So it looks like Apple is going to go for an input paradigm that is just completely different to what we have in VR today that's not unexpected from apple apple generally doesn't like to follow the same human interface procedures that companies before did if you look at the iphone it was a radically different interface than the button phones that were there before people were heavily skeptical about the idea of a purely multi-touch device at the time. No one seems to remember that, but half of the internet's response to the first iPhone was, it doesn't have a keyboard, it's useless. Why well, the hell would I ever buy one of those? Heaney, this interface, the
0: thing I, I think that's so interesting about it is workrooms, Horizon workrooms from Meta. If you go in there and use the controller as a writing device down on the the, the top, it's it feels like one of the first times that like uh, a VR input device has bridged into something that's classically usable. Like I know Tilt Brush has been nice to be able to paint in the air and you could do these virtual whiteboards, but actually having that tactile feedback of physically pressing against a table and having that that feedback be one-to-one with exactly what a pen experience is was pretty amazing and when i look at these ring controllers i see the potential for something similar
1: yeah that that is actually what we saw in one of of one of the patents this idea of the apple pencil being used in conjunction with this and the the technology behind how this would actually be tracked is quite intricate but it, it doesn't really matter the idea is the experience here would be that you do get a tracked pencil and the surface for haptic is whatever table you're using. And it's interesting that these rings would essentially be a self-haptic system, because that is the problem when you're designing for a system without hand controllers and when you're just using hands, it can't just be a free-floating interface in the air because there's nothing there. There's no real way to interact with content that feels tactile in the same way that using a touch screen does. But if you are able to use the surfaces And if this headset does have an understanding of where your tables are and where your walls are and where your furniture is, they can make haptic surfaces out of the environment around you rather than having to emulate it with a controller system. But it's one of those things that it's very hard to predict or even expect what to see here. And I'm fairly sure that only Apple insiders right now know exactly what Apple's input approach is going to be with this headset.
0: This is a great area to transition into our second subject today. Where we're going to talk about these Nreal real AR glasses that Heaney has had his hands on or rather his eyes inside of recently. And the reason I'm, I think this is a perfect transition point is one of these sticking points that Heaney and I have gone back and forth here is I think it's a, an advantage that Apple has that potentially no one else can have is tracking your phone or your iPad as a potential input device or potentially even just mirroring what's on those devices into your VR headset or your AR headset, whatever you want to call it, in real time for anything. So the fact that maybe your iPad could be laying on the desk in front of you and you could still take your Apple Pencil and draw on it, even though you've got glasses on, that's That's something that we haven't really seen, uh, even Microsoft match with like its Windows approach to having these floating windows in their home space. Yeah, it's okay, but it's not as efficient as I don't know being able to access two or three devices around you at any time with a natural pencil or with your finger input. Will be really interesting to see what happens there. Hopefully, we'll have Heeny rejoin us here it's funny one little glitch in his app is whenever he joins uh, the app there's like a half a second little hitch in my reality here and it's almost exactly like when they make a change in the matrix i've been meaning to tell you this he i don't know if we talked about this already but whenever someone else joins our studio and he just rejoined our studio but it, it messes up just the perfect degree that it's exactly like a change in the matrix and a, and a deja vu experience
1: yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting how heavy these original Oculus avatars are on when you're just loading them in. I, I hear from the developers that have the new ones that it's a lot lighter on the Quest hardware. Because I guess these mm. avatars were originally designed for Rift. I'll just try to bring up an Unreal image here without crashing this time. Wow, the, the system keyboard is really broken in this new software version, isn't it?
0: That's one of those things that I'll be really curious to see over the long term with avatars, Heaney, is the difference in the way kind of systems handle avatar performance, right? Like the VR chat stuff that's so eye-catching these days, these incredibly like physics-heavy avatars with flowing clothes that respond realistically to body movements. And none of that's going to perform on a standalone headset anytime soon. So how do we get more expressive avatars that really are fun to look at without, while having them still be performant?
1: That's a that's a great question, to be honest. And as you say, those avatars in VRChat are incredibly impressive. But if you do load in on a Quest, your performance is awful. And arguably, VRChat is, for, for as amazing as it is of a platform, one of the worst performing apps on Quest. And that, that's not really anything against the developers. It's just there's no other way to do what you're tra- they're trying to do. Without that, I I wonder if we'll see in future hardware, hardware acceleration for things like avatars. When smartphones started to get popular, you notice the chips adding hardware acceleration for all the most common tasks. We had this entirely new era of image signal processors for the f- computational photography, and I guess maybe one day we'll get some kind of hardware acceleration for avatars because it seems to be such a, a core part of VR and something that you want to have in a high fidelity to really give you a feeling of being next to a real person but it, it's anyone's guess what really ends up being prioritized on future vr silicon
0: all right heaney let's get into nreal here you disappeared last time i tried to transition to you but while i've got you here in this demonstration what do you think i have in my hand right now heaney
1: uh is it the raybans no, I've got my
0: phone in my hand and I wanted to use it as a demonstration of just how darn compelling it would be if this was one-to-one tracked in real time. If if I could actually see my phone screen in real time in VR, I would be in VR a lot more often, in my opinion. Like I, I would, there's too many reasons to go out of the headset, look at my messages, look at my apps and just uh, the usefulness of that device. Heaney, you've had time with Nreal and you talked about this input scheme on it. What is it like to have that system and how much better will it get, get when our phones can be tracked in real time by the headsets?
1: Stand by here it keeps glitching for me here in my headset unfortunately i'm going to try and bring up an image of nreal and then i will answer all of your questions
0: <laughs> i get a sick sort of satisfaction from the fact that it's bugging out on heaney because it's like a frankenstein's monster situation where i can sense his stress in real time through his avatar <laughs> at his own software failing
1: him and it's it's not my software it's the system keyboard We don't have our own keyboard in this app. Quest developers can bring up the Oculus system keyboard for text input, which we use. It's worked on every prior software version, but on this one, it it keeps locking me into it. I actually had the same problem with the browser earlier on. So I don't know. Maybe I just need to reset my headset. Anyway, I think I've found some images of NREAL here we can bring up to show our viewers what we are talking about. And if you're not familiar with the news here, Enreal just this week, in fact, just today, is launching the first AR glasses product in the United States of America. It is available in Verizon stores today. And on Thursday, it will be available from their website. Now, the important caveat to that is that they only work on a specific list of high-end Android phones. And I've been trying to get the confirmation of this for so long, but I don't know yet whether it's just Verizon models because I know, I'm not sure if Americans know this, but America's fairly unique in that the carriers in America have a lot more control over Android phones than in most countries. The firmware on an Android device is actually different between carriers in America, which I only found that out a few few years ago. And so that means that features like this could really be restricted to only Verizon phones. But yeah, if you have a, a Galaxy S21, A Galaxy S20, a Galaxy Z Fold, a Galaxy Note 20, or a OnePlus 8 from Verizon, you can purchase these for $599. If you don't have one of those phones, the cheapest of them is $799. So your all in price would be $1,400, which is very steep. So right off the bat, I'll just say we're going to have a review of this up likely tomorrow a full review on our website but i don't recommend you go out and buy one of these phones just for this product but if you do have one of those phones and 599 dollars is the kind of thing that you could throw around on a kind of toy slash preview of the future it could be something interesting to play around with
0: more more or less useful than gear vr circa
1: 2014. Then Gear VR, I think it's more useful. But the question, R was less than a hundred dollars, and this is six hundred dollars. Is it six times more useful? I don't think it's six times more useful, but I do think it's it's probably on a similar level in terms of what you can do with it. Although the content itself isn't Gear VR had Facebook's backing to fund a lot of games and apps that made it semi-useful, whereas this. Really is filled with demos right now. There's not really a compelling software on this yet. Although I would say the built-in ability to the cast browser screen, sorry, not cast, to position web browser around your real room is in itself the most useful app on this. That is the kind of the part that's actually most impressive. The AR apps are just a fun way to get a preview of the future and find out what AR glasses feel like. And so and it is actually a really cool experience to be able to put on these glasses size things and see a virtual hologram on your floor and walk around and you can still see your phone and you can still see the real world. But the real use of this product, if you actually are looking for a, a useful use case, is in that virtual cinema experience or web browser
0: so to be clear then it's competing more directly with five Flow than with quest or with any or hololens is that a yeah is that a way of
1: framing it yeah I, yeah i would say yeah if you if this is competing with anything it's five flow Re- realistically it's not competing with anything it's its own in the united states at least it's its own product there's no other ar glasses that you can purchase so it really is its own thing i think greg's br is right, right in the comments here to say it feels like it's in the pre-oculus dk1 days i would say this is maybe a dk1 i would say we're probably just about at dk1 with something like this we, we do have the the basics are there this is a skeleton product that shows you what ar glasses would be like if you're a developer and you want to build ar glasses pro, uh, apps i would 100% recommend picking one of these up if that's something that you're interested in but in terms of consumers that, that is a big question yes some of the commenters mentioned that some of the chinese companies have their own you know clones of this and and that is true but none of them have been announced outside the china market we try to keep a, a somewhat close eye on the china market but. For obvious reasons, you can't really get full accurate details out of that market without having a reporter on, on station, and for obvious reasons, that's not exactly practical. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: there's a lot of yeah a lot of things we got to deal with if we decide to go down that route. The thing about the we talked about these a little bit before about occlusion and the value of occlusion, and I think the comparison to DK one is kind of a an important one where. Yeah, like in my opinion, these things aren't compelling until you support occlusion of physical objects really robustly. Um, But there's plenty of people, to your point, like developers who could get started now with very future-looking ideas with the development. This as as one of the development kits at their hands where they can play with. But I want to get to the DK2 where things start to get really interesting to me with occlusion. And then beyond, that's when we get to the consumer products. So we're, yeah, I like that analogy of where we are on that timeline. And I still think we're yeah. several years away.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that analogy does work well. Occlusion to AR is what positional tracking is to VR. And just for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what we mean when we say occlusion, let's say there is a physical object in your room, like a chair in front of you, and the virtual hologram should be behind that chair because it's more distant than the chair with this product you will see the hologram rendered in front of the chair the virtual object will not appear like it is behind the chair in a system that does have occlusion like magic leap one and hololens two if the developer supports it i'm not sure it's automatic i think there needs to be a little bit of developer support you'll see that virtual pet or whatever the object is behind the chair and you'll have to look around the chair or the object would have to move to the side of the chair for you to be able to see it and james o'lachlan says here that he would recommend waiting for magically to your hololens 2 if you're a developer the the thing is that those platforms those products are three thousand dollars and this is six hundred dollars so if if you're wanting to build for a consumer audience eventually you're going to want to try Mm. and build on the hardware the consumers are going to have because I, i don't think this is going to I see more of a viable path in technology building up from the base and going down from that level. If, if you do, if you can afford three thousand dollars for one of those products, and that's something you're fine with, then yeah, you're going to have a better experience. Although, the, what I would say, these are extremely comfortable and genuinely do feel like a heavy pair of glasses. It doesn't feel like goggles. It doesn't feel like having a headset on. Anakazi says, without occlusion, it's just a glorified heads-up display. I, I definitely disagree with that. It isn't. It is, I've used heads-up displays. This isn't. This is an AR product. If you have a virtual dog or cat on your floor with this, you walk around the room and it stays in that position, and it, it's on your floor and it's walking around the floor. If you attach a television, a virtual television, to your wall for watching YouTube or Netflix, it is attached to your wall. You walk around the room. You come back into the room. That's where it is. Now the, the the tracking quality on this product I will point out is not perfect. It is definitely not up to the same quality that you'd see in a Quest 2, but in general it's going to be roughly in the same position. But yeah, I'd say so. I, my my position here is is p- beyond Onokazi's, but not as far as you and I, I don't think I think these are AR, but it's not obviously full highly compelling AR just yet.
0: I threw up this video that we published right before Facebook Connect recently, where this is a room mapper tool that a developer out there had built and open sourced uh, or just made available openly for anyone on Quest to mess with. But what you're seeing with this tool is mapping a room and giving it a dimension more than just the floor. And if you've got something like an entrance to the room, like a doorway, you could map the entrance to the room using this kind of system. And the moment you've got, like, occluded walls and doorways for things to come through, and you intelligently tell things that this is a room and you can enter through this doorway, the software completely changes and becomes way, way more interesting, in my opinion, than some of the things we've played with so far. And the examples that were shown in addition to this video is if he goes like out this door and opens up the door and looks down the hallway, there could be a zombie down that hallway, assuming he's mapped that hallway the same way he's mapped this bedroom. And That's what is compelling to me. This is compelling AR technology to me. And these are the games I want to play that are able to do this. I want to do that yesterday. I want to do that with the Quest 2. And I want to do it with any hardware I buy in the future. Am I going to be able to do it with these?
1: No, you don't have occlusion with this product. What this product understands is it understands the planar surfaces in your room. So that's your table surfaces, your floor, your counter, the top of your dressing table, whatever flat surfaces are in your room. It does not yet understand walls or furniture or anything like that. But I still think I agree with you that getting that opens up a lot more content, but I disagree that this isn't compelling at all without it. There are still Mm -hmm. there are plenty of apps that you will use even in a system that has occlusion that really don't use occlusion or ever actually add anything meaningful from occlusion. There are plenty of apps that You're right to say there are plenty of apps that simply can't exist today on this because of the lack of occlusion, but I really, from using the apps on this so far throughout the past week or two, I think there's still some useful applications for which, depending on the shape of your room, occlusion is not the end of the world to not have.
0: All right, Heaney, Uh, let's say you're a developer and you don't want to get a meta product and you want to explore the AR frontier because you do want to get a couple years ahead. Do you go get this? Do you go get HoloLens? Do you go get uh, Magic Leap 2? Do you wait for Magic Leap 2? Do you go get Vive Flow? Do you go get Quest 2? What, what is the one dev device as a dev that you think an AR-interested dev should go check out right now?
1: That's a very difficult question. I I would point out that we reported on this. Magic Leap has pivoted from consumer to enterprise. I I would have to double check, but I'm not actually sure Magic Leap still sells to just any interested consumer developer. I think they've gone down the path where you need to be a business to now relate to them. And we haven't heard any indication that Magic Leap 2 will be any different. I don't think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we, we haven't heard anything from Magic Leap about going back into the consumer market. If anything, if you look at their hiring, if you look at their kind of the, the reported product plans. It looks like they're leaning heavily into that enterprise market. Microsoft is the same, although you can buy a HoloLens 2 as a developer. You don't need to be a business to get one. But at the same time, there's not a consumer platform there. Someone said earlier, You know, the chat scrolled a bit too quickly, but someone said, why would you want to build on NREAL's platform if it's fairly unlikely that NREAL is going to be a, a big player in this space in the long term? You have to understand that these glasses are not actually... Powering this experience, the experience is entirely powered by the phone. There is no full-fledged chip or battery in these glasses. They are entirely powered over that USB cable. And so it's actually just an Android app. If you're building for Unreal, you're just building Android apps. And I think it's a fairly sure. safe bet to say that at least one of the major platforms in AR is going to be Android-based. So you're still getting that experience there.
0: And and you're picking an engine like, like Unity, right? Like yeah. Assuming... So if you're, so if you're an, a Unity developer, you, you've got some experience in Unity, and what an APK is and how to put an APK on a device, you might be able to actually put something on these glasses that you could see as
1: yeah. dev. Yeah, and I'm just going to come back to the question you asked at the start. I think we were having, while we were trying to get those images up, I didn't really get to answering it. But the biggest limitation with this product And my biggest problem with it is not the glasses themselves, it is this phone, because not only is the phone being the battery and the processor for this product, it's also the primary input device. So just like with Vive Flow, and just like with the controller that Oculus Go had, it acts as this rotational pointer, but it's not actually positionally tracked. So you just get this strange laser line coming from the phone that you point Around and interact with things. And that is the most clunky thing. Though what I will say is this does have a hand tracking SDK, although bizarrely, one or two apps support it. None of the major apps support it. And the system software doesn't even support it. I don't understand why if you were Nreal and you have this fairly awful control scheme, if I'm being frank, you wouldn't push developers to support hand tracking. I don't understand why the system software doesn't support hand tracking. It seems like a bizarre oversight to me but given that this does have that hand tracking i think that's why this does become something interesting for developers because if you're a developer you can open unity you can have the hand tracking support you can play around with putting a, a mini game on a table and just learn what's fun in ar and it is because it's that 600 price again obviously that is not cheap for most people in the world, that is still a, a large amount of money, but it's not three thousand. It's not that level. And if you do have mm-hmm. one of these devices from Verizon and you're and you're an interested AR developer, why not? Is what I would say. Why not give it a try? But for anyone else, obviously, this is not a mass market product.
0: So this, uh, you you really focused on the controller there, and I'm I'm glad you you went there because. In addition to the occlusion sort of being a showstopper for me as a consumer, or even I get all your points as like an intriguing device for developers, but I would think that you could do an APK AR product using a Quest headset. And then if you really had a problem with uh, meta, you could take that product to a different device down the line and still do your development on on that system, couldn't you? If you really... We're, we're needing to get started for only a couple hundred dollars?
1: Yeah, Quest defi- Quest 2 definitely is a mixed reality dev kit. You know, I mean, it, it, there is a pass-through API, although I would say while developers have built room understanding, at current Quest 2 has no room understanding of any sort in, in the sense that, you know, even next year, what's going to happen is that consumers are going to be asked to manually mark out their room and their walls, as you showed there meta has their own take on that so i'm not sure it's it comes back to the problem for me with quest two as a mixed reality device really is what we discussed the last time we talked about this and we do disagree here but i just don't think that the black and white low resolution view in quest two is comfortable for more than five minutes and i say that because i've tried to use it for more than five minutes and it genuinely just gives me a headache Mm. and nothing else in vr gives me a headache.
0: And Kyle took you up on that challenge. He was talking to me about it when we were in the studio yesterday, and he's like, yeah, he's got a point there. The <laughs> thing I want, the thing yeah, I want to get a, the thing I want to get at here about the input device and the the whole thing of there's a lot of things going on with that cl- classic platform being bridged over to this new ecosystem that like makes it hard for the people out there to understand sort of the benefits on the other side of this. We've seen so many false starts of like legitimately not useful takes on a lot of these things that like it's hard to imagine this actually becoming legitimately useful. But I keep coming back to this situation that I have in my house where like I have a whiteboard calendar that I've put up in my kitchen for tracking all the the things going on with my family. A sports practices trips. All those things go on this physical whiteboard calendar that's sitting in the kitchen and we all pass by every day going about our business. And I also have a digital calendar system, which is like across iCloud and Google uh, systems. And I need to share certain events with certain people on certain devices and block out time for certain people. If you and I wanted to have a meeting in workrooms, I would have to pick from four different calendars that I would actually go and put that item on in order for you and you to be able to know that I've blocked out time for you, my coworker, to go with me. And then also my family to know that I can't actually go to something at that time. What I'm getting at here is I would love to have my phone in my hand and be able to pick the calendar app off of my phone and pin it to my wall and have it be in the same spot as my physical calendar and have it be a a perfect sync up of what's actually on the physical calendar to what ends up getting synced to the calendar that's in my phone. And that's the advantage that Apple has to bring here, that none of these platforms can ever get to match anywhere in the near future. And I I think that's, I wanted to point that out.
1: So I'm just going to reply to a few comments here. Yeah, people are saying. I'm um, sorry, James O'Laughlin said. I'm sure they're building the foundation for Project Cambria. You're, you're right. Quest Two is clearly a development kit for mixed reality. It's a very minimum viable mixed reality product, and you're you're right to say that Meta has announced that Project Cambria will have high resolution color cameras, so it will be a lot more suitable for mixed reality development. Artful says how low resolution is it really is there a software reveal coming limiting these cameras if you're referring to quest 2 which i think you are no they really are just that low resolution these cameras were not even designed originally for pass-through they're designed for tracking they are specced and designed to track the headset and the ir leds inside the controllers at a wide angle and with kind of a very low shutter time so that there's no blurring of the leds across the camera project cambria we understand will probably use a different camera for mixed reality than it does for tracking so that's how they're going to get around that but obviously that starts to drive up the price and yeah i think that's all the the comments so far please feel free anyone to ask questions about nreal like i said we have this product we have been using it we plan to have a full review up tomorrow Uh, so if you do have any questions about nreal we can answer them
0: yeah, I want to say uh Valdarg mentioning hopefully one would hope you wouldn't have a physical calendar at that point and I think that misses that's what I'm getting here is that kind of misses where this next generation of computing is going to go. What we've seen with Horizon workrooms with the ability to take that Oculus touch controller and use it as a pen on the table and then uh they've explored having your wall as a whiteboard that you sync up one to one and it just it made more sense for them to have a virtual whiteboard but we will really have this situation where i don't know every surface around you can become much more useful to you and your existing tools there's all these everyday use cases that we haven't even fathomed what happens when these headsets really recognize the environment around them with incredible accuracy, being able to go into your refrigerator, open the door and see the expiration date of every product that's in your fridge above it is only going to be possible with across the ecosystem, like knowledge and the ability to like access all of these different pieces of info you're giving the computer system. But there's just a million of these little examples of just, Merging the systems you already use, the physical systems, the way you manage your day every day in non-computer-based ways and merging that with computers to just slip into your life, that's going to be more useful than forcing you into using one computer system across all devices for the rest of your life. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. The current technology systems we have are very detached from the real world. If you're out, you can always see people staring down at these little black rectangles in their hand, completely detached from the real world. If you're in a cafe, people are hunched over these laptops, and people are of people are always very pessimistic about technology in the future. It's trendy, but there is an optimistic view here that spatial computing, like. AR glasses and VR headsets with mixed reality capabilities could actually help us engage more with the real world and be more present and have this kind of hard separation between technology and the real world be less of a hard transition. Yeah, The question I want to answer here is just field of view. I've seen a few people say here, yeah, 52 degrees diagonal. So field of view, I have to say, is one of the things I was most shocked about using this because i really was expecting it to be a lot worse than it is and i think it feels that way because obviously the glasses themselves if you're wearing even normal glasses only actually cover a limited portion of your field of view so it (laughs) i've been really struggling in my written review to find a way to convey field of view in ar glasses because i can't actually find a good way to express it that helps people understand i can say 52 degrees I can say it looks like a certain inch TV, two meters or something, but that really doesn't give you a feeling of what that field of view actually feels like. Mm. I would say vertically, it's actually more impressive than I was expecting, but horizontally, it's still quite limited in that you need to look horizontally at what you're looking for. People are mentioning here that the vertical space is covered up, so it's pretty terrible. Yes, but it doesn't feel wrong because there's nothing there. It's not like you're seeing the real world without the holograms. There is that kind of black patch above the glasses, but it it really doesn't feel like a problem. And I, I'm i more optimistic about field of view after using this, although that is only when you're using content that's far away. If you're trying to get close to something, the field of view becomes incredibly noticeable. And that's where some of the most interesting g- game demos on this so far are tabletop, where you have a... a tabletop game that you would play in real life but it's virtual and projected onto a large table in front of you and if you can get closer to that would be so much more compelling than today where you really have to constantly look around and parts of your table will not have the content anymore
0: yeah i don't know if this is going to work any but what is the size of your virtual tv
1: here i don't know off the top of my head i think it's 1.3 meters or something 1.3
0: meters how many is that in inches what kind of this is a 65 inch tv i don't know
1: Oh, don't! Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean diagonally? I don't know. I don't know actually. I don't know. I want to know what the the
0: equivalent of this is, and then how far away it is from these cameras over there. To wonder, wonder if there's an analogy there that we could provide. If you were uh, standing where the camera is and looking at this screen with these Unreal glasses on, how much of this would you be able to see?
1: Trust me. I've that's what I was saying earlier. I've been thinking about this for days, and it really doesn't work. This idea of saying what looks like a whatever inch TV at whatever meters, because even if you say that accurately, and we do have the accurate figures and we'll have that in our review, it still doesn't convey what that's actually like when you're walking around a room and moving your head. It's one of, I can only say it feels like it's about if you're wearing a normal pair of glasses, think of maybe 80% vertically and maybe 50% horizontally. That's all. That's the best I can express uh. this. But we, we, it's one of those things where we're going to just need to wait until people actually get to try AR glasses to, so we have a baseline to compare it to.
0: I don't know. I, I, get, I get that. It's just, I get the TV thing. It's just I had the original Magic Leaps on, and I remember standing maybe in a room that's roughly equivalent to the studio, and I'm standing on that wall, the far end wall looking at an opposite wall and in that setting they were able to augment almost four to ceiling and it was a really believable effect when you're at that distance and yeah you've got content in that sort of perfectly lined up space but the fact is most of the time you're much closer to the surface that you're looking at and you don't want to artificially have to walk to the opposite side of the room to see the whole view of the thing that you want in front of you and it becomes like endlessly frustrating to have to update that all the time
1: yeah for sure for anyone listening that isn't aware of the current state of AR the field of view here is still very limited that is we are years off in AR glasses size product that provides a wide enough field of view to really get close to objects and and still see them in your view but the, the optimistic thing I would say here, and I've seen a few questions on this to answer, is that the resolution is incredibly impressive. The resolution is better than Quest 2. It's better than Reverb G2. And from my angular resolution characteristics, it is roughly the same as or slightly better than even Varjo Aero. So you will have no problem reading small text, even at a distance, which means that you can place these virtual monitors quite far away and still easily read them. But obviously, it still limits the kind of content you can have when you can't bring stuff close and still fully see it.
0: Is there IPD adjustment with these?
1: There is not. Uh, there are prescription lenses, though. You, the, I, I don't wear glasses, so I can't really tell you whether that works or not. But I think, obviously, eventually we'll get one to Kyle, the bespectacled individual, and he can tell us all about it.
0: <laughs> the, spe- the, the bespectacled individual. If you have any last comments, leave them We'll try to get to them before we close up. Is there anything else we uh, should get into, Haney?
1: Anything else on NREAL? Uh, I guess we should just say it's fairly unlikely that this first mover advantage is going to give Enreal a major position in the US market. I think this is still too expensive and too limited to the amount, amount, number of phones that it supports to really be that first mover advantage. Obviously, NREAL tells me that you can plug in almost any device and see your phone screen floating in front of you, which I guess is cool, but I don't know if that's $500, sorry, $600 worth. But we do know that in Asia, they actually have a new product called Nreal Air that doesn't have any positional tracking and doesn't have the AR features or hand tracking and is just designed to mirror your iPhone or any other phone to a floating screen in front of you. So I'll be interested to see how well that does, because coming back to your question about how do we compare this to Flow, I actually do think this is preferable to flow if what you're looking for is to just have a virtual cinema screen in front of you when you're traveling around on a in a hotel room. But I don't think it would be very suitable for a plane because mm. the distance just wouldn't be suitable. So if, if you're on a plane or a train and you want a portable cinema, go for Vive Flow. But if you're in a hotel room, I would pick this because it's, it's more comfortable and you can see your real phone. All right.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Make sure to come back here on December 2nd at 9 a.m. Pacific time for the Upload VR Showcase. We've got a heck of a lineup of new VR game announcements to reveal at that time. We've trickling out some of those reveals on our Twitter account if you go follow at Upload VR. Thank you, everyone, in our comments for the wonderful questions. As we've repeated here, on we're going to try to in here a lot in the studio answering questions as often as we can and we're so appreciative of this supportive atmosphere that we see in our comments so please if you have answers to the questions in the comments that are really helpful drop them in there help out your fellow vr buyers help them save money save time figure out what's cool out there uh, lots of questions coming uh, through in our, our comments all the time and come back to us on Thursdays where we do the VR games cast. We have Zena and Jamie in here. Usually, talk about the latest VR games. Heaney he, but not uh, this myself week because, and, yep, uh, not this week because Thursday is going to be this upload VR showcase. Uh, Jamie and Zena will hopefully take a nice long nap uh, and disappear into the forest somewhere after this big debut later this week. So, thank you so much for joining us we've got a big season we've got quest v35 which released right before we came in here matrix resurrections is coming and we're getting excited for that i'm getting excited for that because we started off the show that way and it's just going to be a huge season with everyone getting quest two out there and if they're not getting quest two they're getting some amazing time in games like half-life alex and it's just going to be an extraordinary year this year for all the new people getting into VR and thank you so much for joining us. We'll be here next week. We've got pistol whip news coming up this week as well. And Uh, uh, make sure to, yeah, I said it. I said it. Yep. All right. All right. Check us out Thursday. Come back for the VR showcase and we'll see you in the future.
1: Don't miss the showcase. Do not miss it.